0: Listening to the North Avenue Show, a podcast devoted to sharing the stories of some top entrepreneurs and marketing directors. I'm Andrew Curtin, and I'm sitting down with top executives to talk about their process, lessons learned, and how to make an impact. Hello and welcome to the North Avenue Show. This is Andrew Curtin speaking. You're very welcome to podcast number nine. Just before we get stuck into the show, if you could please subscribe and leave an honest review about the show, it would be wonderful. It's always good to get honest feedback about the show, so I'd really appreciate it. Waiting on the line today is Isult Ward. Isult is the co founder of Food Cloud, a mobile and desktop application that helps businesses with surplus food connect with charities. Isult, thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. So let's go go back to the very root of Food Cloud. Where did the initial idea spark from?
1: So when I was in uh, studying in Trinity, I was in my third year of uh, business and economics and um, I met my uh, co-founder, Evan O'Brien, at an event. Um, about that kind of support students in setting up social enterprises or kind of educating students around the idea of a social enterprise um, through an organisation called Anactus. And at this event, we both started talking about the um, problem of food waste and discovered that we were both incredibly passionate about food and quite frustrated that um, there wasn't a solution to reduce food waste or to stop food going to waste in Ireland at the time. So... It was really from that moment that we both decided that we were going to take on tackling um, the problem in Ireland. And then I think there was about a year and a half of trial and error of different solutions and ways that we could approach this until eventually we landed on um, having a technology solution that could connect businesses that had surplus food or excess food still perfectly good to eat but no longer saleable for many reasons and connecting them directly to local charities so that that good food could be rescued and put to good use.
0: Great and just go rewind again you said you it was R&D for maybe a year and a half what other ideas did you come up with before you landed the right one?
1: When we first started, we really wanted to, um, I suppose, raise awareness about the problem because we were very aware of the fact that not very many people uh, knew that food waste was such a big problem and the impact that it was having on climate change, but also that in parallel, there were people that didn't have enough, enough access to food. So initially, we were looking at potentially just trying to raise awareness around the problem and then. We looked at what other organisations were doing internationally and saw that actually there are very um, good organisations, non-profits um, internationally that were redistributing this food. So finding businesses that had the food, rescuing it and making sure that it found a good home. Um we then looked at what um, is quite well established internationally. It's a traditional food banking model where you have warehouses and vans and you rescue large quantities and then get that out to charities. Um, But we realized that as two students with no background in warehousing and logistics and no access to capital, that that uh, was probably going to be a very challenging way to start. Um, So then we literally started calling businesses and charities around Dublin and asking them, you know, do you have surplus food? If you do, would you donate it? And then asking charities, you know, would you benefit from free food donations? And from those calls, all positive feedback, but obviously we began to learn about the challenges of doing it Um, but we were lucky then we found a farmer's market in Glasnevin in Dublin who were willing to trial it with us and they started donating any surplus food they had once the farmer's market was finished to a local charity every Wednesday and Saturday when the market closed. So this was without using any technology and we really got to see actually the benefit of food redistribution, um, especially when it happens in a very local context because this charity was not only getting... free food donations, but they were getting food that they would not normally buy. So I think in the first donation, we had like gourmet food, artisan breads, wild garlic, you know, food that was actually kind of exciting for the people in the organization to see and to try. And then they also got to create a relationship with this local business, um, which was very powerful for both sides. So making these local connections, then we knew there was something um, exciting in that and when we looked into that a bit deeper, we realized that if we really wanted to scale a solution like that, we would need technology um, to support the process. So to make it really easy for the business to donate the food and to notify a local charity for to make it really easy for the charity to know when and where food is available for them to collect, and then for both organizations to be able to track the food that is being donated. So that was kind of our journey to eventually landing on a technology solution that connected local businesses
0: and charities yeah and kind of moving on to my next question that's very related to what you were just talking about there Your ip your business model is driven by modern technology so at the very beginning how was your business and technology initially supported did you have vc funding crowd crowdfunding or enterprise ireland help or what way did did you structure it
1: yeah, so we're a registered charity and a nonprofit. So we have managed to get support from grants, philanthropic donations and um But when we first started, the first platform that we actually got, we got from a guy who was working on a similar initiative in Chicago, and he very kindly uh, made his software available uh, to us for free at the beginning. And that gave us enough um, to actually go out and start engaging with businesses and charities and get our first few businesses and charities um, donating and onto the platform. Now... And that wasn't going to help us kind of get to the next stage, but it was um, using that that allowed us to get our first kind of uh, bit of evidence that this was a really good idea. And from there, we entered different competitions, went for different grants and managed to get um, enough funding to actually go and build our own first version of the platform. It was with that first version that we started approaching all of the major retailers in Ireland. And uh, fortunately, Tesco agreed to come on as our first uh, retail partner. Um, From there, we did a six-month trial with Tesco and we were able to demonstrate to them that there was a lot of value in donating their food to local charities from a reduction in waste disposal costs to the reduction in CO2 emissions and supporting them in reducing their environmental footprint and also in creating these really powerful local connections um, from stores to the charities that are within those communities. So um, after being able to demonstrate the value to Tesco, they agreed to uh, then pay an annual fee per store to help us continue to grow our work with them and to manage our um, day-to-day costs of running um, the platform and also all of the support. So We were actually quite lucky in that from a very early stage, we did manage to develop a sustainable revenue stream from the service that we were providing. And then as more retailers came on board, um, we had established a business model. So even though we are a registered charity and any surplus income, uh, that we generate always be reinvested into helping us further our mission um, we did at a very early stage manage to establish a sustainable revenue stream as well
0: yeah like it's it's an easy sell you know when you're going to these retailers like you're doing such a a wonderful and created just a wonderful concept like why wouldn't these retailers like to get involved because looking at it from a I suppose a marketing perspective it's very good branding it's very good PR for these companies as well as well as Obviously, the societal benefits.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like we've never had anyone, uh, fortunately, say to us they'd rather waste their food and see it uh, go to good use than actually be eaten. Uh, Anybody that works with food um, definitely has an appreciation for the amount of resources and effort that goes into actually getting food to people. So any of the businesses that we have spoken to have always been interested and eager to make it work. Of course, there are challenges in changing processes within businesses, managing the food safety side of things. Um, But working together, we've been able to um, develop processes that really work and um, overcome any of the barriers or even the perceived barriers um, that retailers or businesses face when donating their food.
0: And could you tell us about the scale of the business like how many charities how many retailers are you currently working with how many meals are you distributing per year
1: so in Ireland we are working with um, over 600 charities and on on average every year we're uh, redistributing about 2,200 tonnes of food so in Ireland we've got two solutions one that's connecting a network of supermarkets to charities in their local community that's working with Tesco Lidl and Aldi and then we also have three hubs So we've got a warehouse in Dublin, one in Cork and one in Galway. And that's where we can uh, rescue really large quantities of surplus food um, from larger food suppliers and then distribute that out to local charities. And then in the UK, we've got a partnership with Fairshare, who are the national food redistribution organization in the UK. And through them, we've got a network of almost 3000 supermarkets that are donating to a network of um, just over 7000 charities as well. And in the UK to date, we've seen over um, 17000 tons of food um, donated through our platform. And that's since 2016, since we started working with Fairshare.
0: Geez, that's a that's quite a big number. Um, well done T. On average, Isolt, how much are you saving these charities in food costs?
1: So I'll give you an example of um, one of the organizations we work with, um, Cheeverstown. They're an amazing organization um, based in Dublin that help people that have disability. And through using both of our solutions, getting food from our hubs and then also getting food from local charities, they've been saving up to 100,000 euro a year. And that has meant that they've been able to employ extra people, you know, enhance the other parts of their services. And it is different for every charity that we work with because they all use food in different ways. Some charities may not have ever had a food budget, but have seen the opportunity to actually use this new free supply of food to enhance their current services. So, for example, a community centre that we work with, they run a range of amazing supports for their local community from um, helping people with um, getting employment through CV development, interview training, as far as like martial arts, they run computer classes, And what they've actually found is that being able to offer food alongside a lot of these services, because a lot of the families and the people that they're supporting um, are also struggling uh, to actually have enough food every day. So they've been able to attract more people into their community centre, get more people involved in other services and um, that they also provide and really, I suppose, give people peace of mind that at least there's one less thing they have to worry about. If, they, if you remove worrying about having enough food on the table for a family, that family will then tackle the next problem, which may be focusing on their kids' education or trying to save enough money to help their kids go to college. So it's really amazing. If you can, you know, give, if you can help somebody um, solve that basic need of just having access to the right amount of food every day. <laughs> That will give them the opportunity to do so many more amazing and um, beneficial things.
0: Oh, exactly! It's one less worry a day, and if you keep fixing these these worries, it opens up more doors for these kids or these families to um, go on and achieve better things in their life. know, it's I can see like all these small things make huge differences.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think like that's what we've seen. You know, the power of food. Um, like the there's a women's refuge that we work with, and the manager, the women. Refuge said that the kind of unintended or unexpected impact that she had seen was that um, the women in the in the center, you know, they've come from very traumatic backgrounds and they can find it very difficult to socialize even with each other. And actually the fact that a donation of food arrives in every day, it brings them all out of their rooms and it brings them all together. And all of a sudden they're in the kitchen going through this random box of food that they've just received and trying to figure out, you know, what can they cook? Does anybody have a recipe? Does anybody know what this food is in some cases? And she said for one of the first times um, in her time managing this women's refuge, every Wednesday when the food arrives, the kitchen is full of laughter and it's actually helped people create friendships. Um, And I think, you know, that's one of the things we forget. Food is such an important part of so many, um, if not all cultures, that it actually has an amazing way of bringing people together.
0: Oh, exactly. And both creatively as well you, you said they're making friendships and and this kind of stuff but creatively as well you said they're having ideas what way should I cook this food or that food so it gets people thinking innovatively as well so there's, there's, you can really really go outside the sphere here and see all the benefits
1: Yeah and I think that's one of the uh, reasons that we all feel so lucky to be working on this um, on Food Cloud all of the time
0: Could you tell us more a bit more about the app for the listeners explain how the Food Cloud app actually works folks.
1: Yeah, so if you're in a supermarket, um, you'll often see most of them now have kind of a reduced to clear section where any food coming up to its expiry date, they'll try and um, sell it as quickly as possible, really to reduce the amount of food that they're wasting. Um, But often um, there's still food in that section that's left that's perfectly edible, um, but for a variety of reasons, won't be saleable the next day. So now what our retail partners do is they'll identify the food that they won't be able to sell, but that is perfectly good and delicious. They'll get it ready, and then they'll upload the details of that food onto our app. Uh, a charity is then automatically sent a notification to say that this is the food that's available from their local supermarket. Are they available to collect? They simply, uh, reply with a yes or a no and then they can collect it from the store at a designated time. Once they collect it, the store confirms the collection, and then our system will track all of the food that has been donated, who donated it and who received it, and then we can <clears throat> provide reports back to the charities and to the stores demonstrating the impact that they have had. And
0: tell us, Isolt, do charities, are they ever competing for the same store, or does that scenario ever happen?
1: No, so we've set it up in a way that charities are allocated specific days and specific donations. So generally, um, a charity that's allocated on a Monday will expect to receive the donations that are available on that Monday. The Nature Surplus Food, we obviously can't guarantee that there will always be food available. But the aim there really was to make sure that... um, charities could have a volunteer or a resource available to go and collect the food because one of the things we learned at quite an early stage was that charities are very resource constrained um, and they don't have very much time um, and that this is their time poor in general as organizations. So giving them some ability to plan around when the donation is most likely going to come in meant that they were um, able to actually go and collect the food. So that was one of the reasons, really, that we met, that we've allocated the days. So we'll always try and look for how many charities are in the local community, how many supermarkets do we have that are donating in the community, and then offer specific slots to those charities. Then, um, so that they are kind of given a, a specific day or time that they can collect and avail off the food that's available.
0: And tell us, Isult, is there a difference between Food Cloud and the Food Cloud hubs? There are they two. Two registered charities, would I be right in saying that?
1: So we're one registered charity, um, but we're two solutions. But how we came together um, was that when myself and Ethan, um, co-founder of Food Cloud, were setting up Food Cloud, there was another amazing group of people who were setting up an organization called Be a Food Initiative in Ireland. And their vision was to set up this national network of hubs. So over the years, we began working more closely and more closely together And then eventually we came together and joined our solutions into one charity. So now we've got um, Food Cloud and Food Cloud Hubs, which are essentially providing the two food redistribution solutions in Ireland. And the way the hubs works is they are the warehouses where we can receive really large donations of food. So, for example, you know, Fife's, who are based in Ireland, might have several pallets of bananas that are surplus. And... One charity can't deal with that amount of bananas, but many charities can benefit from that amount of bananas. So we'll take those bananas, we'll store them and then we'll offer them out to the charities and then they can either come and collect or we can deliver um, the bananas in more manageable quantities.
0: Yeah. And could you tell us about the logistics behind that? How many vans, how many trucks do you have on the road to supply the service?
1: Yeah, so we have um some of our own fleet. So we have um we have some of the Opal vans and then we've also got some of the um home delivery vans. So Tesco kindly donated some of their um home delivery vans to us as well. Um and Apple Green have kindly sponsored some um of our Opal fleet. So between those, we are able to deliver to charities and collect food where possible. But obviously, as a charity um, ourselves, there is uh, quite a cost to that. So we do also rely on support from um, third-party logistics companies. And where possible, we'll always encourage um, food businesses to actually the, to deliver the food to us and charities to do, um, to collect the food from us. Because the more capacity that we have um, ourselves, the more businesses we can collect from where they can't actually deliver and the more charities we can deliver to that don't have the means of collection. So we have our own small fleet but we also encourage as much support as possible um, in that area.
0: Exactly. And moving on Isult, I suppose I was under the impression that we were slowly tackling global food poverty but by your website that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment.
1: I think um, the numbers are getting better um, but it is slowly, as you said, uh, but there is a lot work a lot of work being done internationally we 're part of a European network of food banks um who have a national representative in twenty four countries across Europe. Uh, And then we've also got a very uh, strong relationship with the global food banking network who work in 34 countries outside of Europe. So there is a lot of work being done. Um, There's now one of the sustainable development goals. 12.3 is actually to half food waste per capita by 2030. Um, And um, that's a UN sustainable development goal. Europe have committed to achieving it. Ireland is committed to achieving it. So we are seeing a lot more work happening and, you know, we now have a share clear goal which is fantastic Um, and there's also the sustainable development goal too which is zero hunger so I think there are a lot of things happening Uh, we are seeing a lot more momentum gathering around the problems of tackling food waste and ensuring that redistribution is recognized as a very good solution to make sure that the food that is going to waste is actually being provided to people and people who can really benefit from that food. Um, so, you know, it's it's definitely very challenge, they're challenging problems to tackle. They need a lot of collaboration from the charity sector to the food industry to governments. Um, but we are starting to see uh, some progress being made.
0: That's good. It's nice to see that there are some improvements being made. And just moving on, Iselt, I know Food Cloud are significantly cutting charities costs, but I suppose one question I was intrigued with is what is Food Cloud's main revenue stream? I know you touched on it a while ago with Tesco and kind of a subscription model, but could you tell us a bit more about your revenue stream?
1: Yeah, so our primary revenue stream is the contribution, the annual contribution that we get from our retail partners. Um, And then we've also um, received some support from um, other organizations. So AIB have come on as a sponsor, which has been absolutely amazing. And that's also in partnership with the Social Innovation Fund, um, who, through the Department of Rural and Community Affairs, also provide funding to social enterprises and um, charity groups across Ireland. So that's been an amazing support to us. It's helped us kind of, um, you know, really invest in our organisation and help us get to the next phase of growth. Um, And then we get a lot of other support from different companies um, as well and through different government programs that we run. So we're quite lucky in that we've got a nice mix of different income streams, which I think is uh, important, especially as a charity, to make sure that you are sustainable into the long term. Um, And we've been lucky as well that a lot of the businesses that we do work with have recognized that um, actually giving a financial contribution as well as donating their food is a great way to ensure that we're able to continue to provide the service for them and for the charities that we work with into the future.
0: Yeah. And just a question here for you. So I'm always interested to know what CEOs and founders, what their weeks are looking like. So could you tell us maybe what a, a day in the life of your life is actually like or what what a week is like? What does it usually entail?
1: oh I i'd love to tell you <laughs> um i think one of my uh favorite things but uh, more challenging things is that every day and every week is different um but yeah like you know there's a lot of work um internally obviously in terms of like supporting the team i've got um six amazing people that are reporting to me that are looking after each of the different functions within food cloud Um, So supporting them to my best ability is definitely uh, one of my top priorities. Um, But then also we're constantly trying to um, grow and get new support. So um, being external to the organization as well um, is very important and going out and meeting customers and meeting key stakeholders. So genuinely every day and every week is very different um but in terms of priorities making sure that um all of the people who are leading the functions in our organization are well supported and making sure that they have enough support to help their teams is definitely a big priority and then um meeting our key customers and stakeholders and making sure that they're happy with the service that we're providing whether it's businesses or charities um or even government stakeholders um it's definitely a priority as well yeah
0: i had to put you on the i had to put you on the spot there, Isult and uh throw you a bit of a curveball um but, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but uh, not long left now but a few more questions there that intrigue me and one of them is just around the term social enterprise itself. It's been a buzz term in the last few years, really. So what do you consider to be the differences between social enterprises and conventional <laughs> private corporates?
1: So it, it's definitely true that the term social enterprise, I think, um, has uh, become a lot more popular lately. And it really is uh a bit of a spectrum, I suppose, from our point of view. And when we were setting off Food Cloud, it really was an organization that could create um, sustainable income streams, but also that um, put people, communities and positive social and environmental impacts um, first as a priority. So for us, we really balance things whenever we're taking on a new project or whenever we're looking at our own solutions. You know, does this create as much impact as possible? But at the same time, can it support us in creating sustainable income streams? So we look at the two questions together at the same time, um, whereas I think in other um Uh, and other commercial businesses, you know, generating income and profit is probably the only question you're looking at a lot of the time. Um, And in some charities that would be very reliant on fundraising, they might only just be focused on the impact. So for us, we look at both and it does sometimes make things uh, more challenging, but I think it's something we've always been very passionate about as founders. And then that has obviously come through in the organization over the last few years as well. But you can have social enterprises that are commercial organizations and you can have social enterprises that are registered charities. Um, They do come in different shapes and forms. But I think in general, the idea that you can generate sustainable income streams and also prioritize creating a really positive impact, whether it's social or environmental, um, I think it's a brilliant concept. And, you know, whether somebody's doing it commercially or char- charitably, um, I think it's still a brilliant idea. Yeah. Do you
0: think it's a term that should be probably defined a bit better because like your model is perfectly it's concrete it's easy to understand but I find a lot of companies I see on LinkedIn and other web platforms uh, I get a bit mixed up are these actually social enterprise are they for profit so I think it's a bit of a term that needs to be defined a bit better that's my feelings on it anyway
1: Yeah. And to be fair, like the government released their the Irish government released their first social enterprise policy um, this year, later this year. And one of the objectives is that is to understand and raise awareness of social enterprise in Ireland. So I think people um, and the government have recognised the benefit that social enterprise can create. But also when there is that level of confusion about what a social enterprise is or isn't, it does make it a lot more challenging for the concept to really grow and really be well understood by people and properly supported. So there is a lot of effort now being done to really define what it is, raise awareness and make sure that the correct supports are out there to enable more social enterprises to be created in Ireland. Um, In the UK, the concept is more well established and, you know, there's the community interest company. It's in a structure that you can actually set up as a social enterprise, a legal structure that we don't yet have in Ireland. Um, So you know, the the concept is developing, it is becoming more defined. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to close the door on too many people who genuinely want to create organizations that are having a really positive impact, but that might have to do it in a slightly different way.
0: For sure, for sure, completely understand. And last question, Isult, can you share your company growth plans for the next few years with us?
1: Yeah, so um, as an organization with a very strong Irish outlook and also a strong international outlook, um, we kind of have two parallel plans, one to continue to grow in Ireland. Um, we have our two solutions very well established at this stage. We are always looking for more food donors, particularly to our hubs as they're slightly newer. Um, so anyone working in the food industry in Ireland, please do get in touch Um And we're also developing new projects in Ireland. So this year we kicked off uh, Gleaning, where volunteers um, from AIB actually went out into fields and followed the harvesters. So any of the food, the carrots or onions, potatoes, that the harvester couldn't pick up, um, volunteers actually then manually themselves took that, uh, picked them up off the ground, put them into crates, and then they came back to our warehouse and were distributed out to charities. So it's a way of capturing food that is left on the field and the farm after the harvest, Uh, a solution that we piloted last year and we're happy to be able to expand this year. And we've got a lot of kind of new interesting projects like that that we're trying to work on in the pipeline too. So definitely a space to keep watching uh, in Ireland and then internationally we are um, always working on improving our technology solution and making sure that it can support food banks internationally as we have done in the UK and we've also um, as of last year I started working with an organisation in Australia where we're basically licensing our technology to them giving them the support and the training needed so that they can start using it and benefiting from using it technology as well. Um, And similarly, we've pilots in Poland and the Czech Republic um, that are supported by Tesco. So we're really, um, yeah, we're really focused now on seeing how can we, you know, take what we've learned in Ireland um, through developing the technology, really using it ourselves on the ground, learning from our partnerships with other um, food banks internationally and figuring out how can we best scale this solution so that that network of food redistribution organizations that i mentioned earlier from the european network to the global network they're all doing amazing work and we'd love to share the tools that we've developed with them to help them really increase the impact that they're having so thanks
0: for a lot for coming on i really appreciate you taking the time to come on it's uh it's always good to especially have irish guests on the show so i wish yourselves and food cloud and all your team the best of luck and thanks again for coming on
1: oh thank you very much for having us on it's a pleasure thank you bye take care now
0: thank you for listening to-